My dearest sister, by now you should be ready to depart on your journey to a new life. I can only hope that my letter has reached you in time, for I wanted to give you some words of encouragement. I'm sure you've received letters from some of our fellow mill workers telling you of their different experiences with their new husbands. Some were so much fun to read, while others made me want to scream. Poor Alice. I hope all has worked out for her. I hear Roberta is doing well, as is our very own Beth. I've not heard yet from Judith. Don't let some of their troubles discourage you. I'm sure we'll hear from them again soon and find all has worked out for the best. I pray every day for our former roommates and friends, and take comfort that all will eventually find love with their new husbands. I pray this for you especially. The wife of a pastor must have a lot of love to give, but first you must find it for yourself. I found it with Sam and his family and couldn't be happier. Clear Creek is a wonderful little town, even if some of the residents are a bit peculiar. I hope to introduce you to them one day when you're able to visit. But first, you must settle in. Write me as soon as you arrive, and let me know what the Reverend Drake is like. I can't wait to hear. And Leora, if anything happens, you know you can write, and Sam and I will send for you. With much love, Lottie. Leora Mitchell put her sister's letter into her reticule and listened to the rhythmic clackety-clack-clack of the train as it rolled through California's Sierra Nevada mountains. The trip had been uneventful with decent weather and pleasant passengers, but once she arrived in Nevada City, would it remain that way? She certainly hoped so. She sighed, looked out the window, and drummed her fingers on her reticule. She really shouldn't. Or should she? She'd not only brought Lottie's letter with her, but their roommate Alice's as well. Did she dare read it? Again? Her fingers itched to pull it out, but what good would it do? It would give me a good dose of reality, she thought to herself. If it could happen to Alice, it could happen to me. Or any of the other women who'd found themselves out of a job because of the fire at Brown's textile mill. Things had worked out splendidly for many of her co-workers, but some hadn't been so lucky. Unable to help herself, she pulled Alice's letter out of her reticule and read it one more time, just to make sure she went into her own marriage with both eyes open. November 3rd, 1890. Dear Leora, It would seem I was slightly mistaken about Mr. Frank Martell and his intentions. Unfortunately, he already has a sweetheart and was therefore unable to wed me. You can imagine how distressed I was, but I refused to fall to pieces. It had been so lovely to return to Rhode Island, to once again see the ocean that my father had loved so well before he died, that I couldn't be sorry for the trip. But I do have happy news. Frank's older brother James has offered to marry me instead. I know you may be thinking that I've traded one bad situation for another but I'm hopeful that this union will grow in time. Truly, James seems more suited for me. We were married yesterday at the Catholic Church. I think of you often and look forward to hearing of your situation. Yours affectionately, Alice. Leora folded the letter and stuffed it into her reticule. Well, Reverend Drake, 
I certainly hope you haven't run off and married someone else, or gotten yourself shot, or otherwise caused yourself a mischief. For heaven's sake, please show up. She knew she shouldn't dwell on the negative of Alice's letter, or the negative in general. But after hearing about her friend's odd predicament, not to mention a few others, how could she not? On the sunny side, most of her fellow workers married good men, so far as she knew. But what if they were lying, too embarrassed to say what was really going on? She gripped her reticule and shuddered just as the train pulled into the station in Nevada City. There was no turning back now. By the time the locomotive came to a stop, her knuckles were white. She relaxed her fingers with an effort as her fellow passengers prepared to disembark. She herself had one small satchel with her and wouldn't need a porter. Good. It would give her more time to look for the Reverend Drake. Considering how many people were on the train, it might take her a while to spot him.